Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Um, can you see that it's recording your ends? Is it got a wee? Uh, yes, I can see that. Yeah. Awesome. Literally, every podcast episode starts with the same chat. <laughs> <laughs> can you see that? I can see can you see that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, is this not a podcast episode that has been a long time coming? <laughs> Has indeed. Yep. Long, long time. <laughs> I'm really, really chuffed to say that I am joined by Alan Jeffrey. Alan, oh, thank yeah. you so much for being on the Brown the Brain. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So I guess if I was going to introduce you and give you lots of lovely titles, I would have to say, you know, artist, musician and composer. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Would you take that? Do you want take to that. add anything else to the list? No, Joker as well, probably. I like the wee joke, you know. <laughs> yeah, I say that it's been a long time coming because, well, but actually... Our paths crossed even before the podcast was a thing. That's, yep. Mm-hmm. So I saw you in person, actually in real life, although we never actually spoke. That's I saw right. you perform on mm-hmm. stage while yep. you were supporting um, Jason Isbell on the yep. tour. And I think I reached out to you afterwards to say, brilliant gig, thoroughly enjoyed it, but also that something quite unique had happened during one of your songs. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So I there was a good, good friend of mine called Nick. And he passed away, you know, very, very sadly. But before this, um, obviously before this, but we we were working together in a music shop in Glasgow and uh, called McCormack's Music. And Nick would come in one day and he said, you know, I've got tickets to go and see the drive-by truckers. I didn't know who they were at all, but he was so excited. You know, he was really, really excited. So I said, when is it? He says, it's tomorrow night. So we're, we're going the next night. And he stood for that whole gig, just staring at Jason Isbell. You know, that was his hero, you know. And when the gig finished, he bounced out of there. You know, we walked back. His house wasn't that far away, so we walked it. And he was just so excited. You know, he'd seen his hero tonight, you know. And then when they came around again, we went again. And by then, I was really into them, you know. Um, but just as, as, as luck would have it, I was offered the support slot for him at Edinburgh. And um, so I thought I'd tell the story. You know, it was quite a difficult gig for me because you're, you're walking up there with an acoustic nobody knows you you know and it could go really badly you know but I thought I'm telling this story one way or another you know so before the last song um I explained that story mm. and as I was telling it I didn't notice this but you you pointed this out to me didn't you yeah well we noticed that this tiny single feather just uh-huh. fell from yeah. the ceiling just yeah. onto the stage and at the time we were like ooh, uh, you know it's whether <laughs> people actually believe in all that kind of thing but yeah. I thought you know, I kind of swithered with her to message and say, I'm like, you must uh-huh. be like, what are you all about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there was something compelled me as your message to say, thoroughly enjoyed the gig, but also, yeah. can I just tell you this happened? And you kindly responded saying, yeah. like, thanks so much for uh-huh. telling me that. That's, yeah. you know, that's really special. And I was like, oh, good. You don't think I'm a weirdo. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people that believes in stuff like that, you know. So when that, when you told me that, I thought, that was, you know, it was... A crazy feeling because he would have been there he would have definitely been there you know and he would have been charging about the place all excited so i had to tell that wee story and i did think of him that whole day you know um so i'm glad that wee thing happened and it connected us in this way yeah you know? and that's why we can i mean how many years ago was that that gig that was oh, like what 2017 or something i think it was yeah long long time Absolutely. ago yeah. so talking about heroes and you were saying that nick you know for for nick it was jason isbell mm-hmm. 
who have been your musical idols throughout your life to, to date? Yeah, I mean, growing up, the Beatles were, you know, my heroes, they still are to this day, you know, and the music of John Lennon is, is one that I love. And I love his piano stuff. That's, that's you know, my, my thing is little delicate melodies and stuff. Um, I love John Martin, Nick Drake, people like that. And just, I just love music in general. Mm -hmm. Singer-songwriters and, and composers now. And growing up, was music a, a part of your life from the get-go? Yeah. Well, my dad, my dad was a comedian. Um, and he was, but he was a singer first, you know, so he did a bit of both, you know, so he was always going out to gigs and I was always helping him with his gear and stuff, you know, and he was always playing music and he is the one that, that got me into that, you know, music from a very young age. My mum was into it too, but my, it was my dad's life, you know. And was it just kind of the given that you would pick up a guitar or set a piano and, and make music? I mean, the first ever kind of dipping my toe into music was when I was 10. Um... I had this desire to play the piano and my dad obviously he knew he knew people and he knew a piano tutor that stayed just around the corner you know so so he took me for my first lesson and it was all very lovely and you know you get given your things to learn you're only yeah. 10 but it's little wee things you know um and I was going to go back the following week but I hadn't learned what I was shown the first lesson you know and she was so angry with me you know and this was a second yeah. lesson as a kid you know um so I never went back. I just thought I'm never. She put me right off, you know. Yeah. And then for so for years I was into sport and stuff. And then when I was, I'd say sixteen, I started to get into guitar again, you know. So yeah. I get my dad knew another guitar tutor who was much more friendly, you know. And <laughs> yeah. he would come every week, and um, and he didn't teach me how to read music, but he would teach you how to play, how to write. It was a much more fun lesson. So I stayed mm. with guitar, um, until I think the age of. 18 when I, I thought I'd love to still be able to play the piano you know and I was angry with myself for never sticking in because if I'd stuck in when I was 10 I would have been you know um so my dad again he was always they were always so supportive of my parents yeah. me, you know so my dad knew a piano tuner um who had this beautiful big house in the west end of Glasgow but every single room had pianos in it and they were all wow. perfectly tuned you know this was this guy's job you know so he gave, my dad bought a piano an upright 200 pound piano and we got it to the house and we got it up the stairs into my room you know and um, I got a chord book and I just started learning some chords in the piano but that maybe lasted like a year or two mm -hmm. and then I went back to singing guitar songwriting and that's you know that little path I then took to that gig that we obviously crossed paths at you know so yeah. just trying to write songs and and do shows I was obviously in a band as well on a side thing you know um, but guitar was my life totally and, and then eventually singing songs. That's the thing, like, you know, as a young person, kind of committing to something like yeah. learning an instrument or whatever, I yeah. think it's one of those things you've either got it in you at the time or it's one of those things that later in life, yeah. like, damn it, I should have stuck in, right, I okay, know. I'm going to try it now, kind of thing. Yeah. Never the, one thing the one thing you don't need in that situation is an outsider, an outside influence making it not fun, you know, you know, yes. scaring you, you know. Ah. So you had a parrot on the top of the piano that would just look at you, you know, and it would eventually say a few wee words, you know, and you would just, yeah, just like this horror, horror story, you know. But, <laughs> you know, but, you know, anyway, <laughs> it affected me anyway. I'm talking about it now, you, you know. Did, <laughs> Good sake. Right. So, um, how did you then progress to actually writing your own material and then getting to perform that? Because one thing, obviously, learning other people's music and being influenced yeah. by other people, but what gave you the confidence to then start writing and producing your I own think music? just mixing with people. You know, I was in, you were in wee bands and stuff and, and you 
you obviously can't just get by doing covers, you know, so you've got to write your own stuff. And I mean, recently I found wee dictaphone tapes of me playing an acoustic and singing these melodies that, you know, my voice is so high, so I must have been much younger, you know. Okay. I don't think I ever finished a song, you know, and you end up having loads of wee bits and pieces and then through people that you meet and you're all talking and maybe you form a wee band or whatever, mm. you just eventually just fall into that. In terms of your um, style of music that you were writing maybe in your younger years, so yeah. what kind of stuff was so that all, and what was it influenced by? Be copying like indie bands and, and your songs would sound like that and then obviously you find your own wee path and your own wee niche. But So indie bands when I was younger and then as, you got old, as I got older, more kind of thinking about the songwriting process. So again, the Beatles and all that stuff, the Stones, and you know, you're listening to how they're writing their songs and you're trying to not copy them, but you're trying to get the same outcome, you know, yeah, yeah, write yeah, your yeah. own and so you can listen to them next to your heroes and they might sound not so out of place, you know. Um, so yeah, I guess that's just how it came about. Seeing you supporting Jason Isbell, that that's like a that's a big gig to get. Well, like that, that, you know, as a as a if you're a solo singer songwriter in Glasgow and you get given a gig, you have to sell tickets because the venue have got to put on a night and they've got to pay, you know I get all that, but it's difficult if you're on your own. There was actually one time I put the money in. I'd sold like maybe sixteen tickets or something. There was three bands in the bill, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought this place will be busy anyway. So I'm going to I'm going to do right by the venue. I'm going to say I've sold all my tickets and I'm going to put the money in myself. It was stupid, you know. So as I took the money upstairs, um, the, the booker said, oh, just before you say anything, one of the bands has pulled out tonight. So it's just you and this other guy from down south, you know. And I thought to myself, oh, no, what if this guy's not sold any tickets? And I've not either, you know, and I've told him I've sold them all. So I said, um, oh, but I, so I've sold all my tickets. There you go. And you got to, you got to, you know, keep face anyway yeah. uh, and, he, and he says well I'll tell you what this other guy's sold 23 so you can go on you can headline oh my word right you know and I was like I was texting everybody I knew and so anyway long story so I ended up headlining to not so many people but I'm not probably the first person to do something stupid like that but it is a, it is a tall order if you're a solo singer songwriter you're not well known you've got to try and punt all these tickets you know so mm-hmm. the reason why I'm saying that is that the Jason Isbell gig was just a gig that was offered to me mm-hmm. you know and you don't need to sell any tickets and you actually get paid that was it you know you actually get paid and you get to play with one of your heroes yes so that was from a from that point of view that Mm. was great you know but it was just literally can you do this gig it wasn't like a a whole tour or anything like that but it was still a a great experience you know um and some people think when you hear things like that oh i was supporting him he was supporting black it's as if that person's picked you to go and do it but it was nothing like that it's just like you're given a chance do you want to do a support slot tonight yeah you know and it just so happened to be someone i loved but, but getting to things like that, you know, if you get, you never know what will happen from that, where you'll mm-hmm. branch off into. And then obviously, COVID comes along and, you know, you, you're, everyone's little journeys must have just all stopped, you know, whatever yeah. their journeys were. That's the thing. It's like then you do you decide to just pause and wait for yeah. things to open up, or do you use what you have and pull on other inspirations yeah. and things to make exactly. things happen in the mm-hmm. capacity you've got to when you're mm-hmm. faced with something like. Ah, global pandemic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think everybody just started doing everything. Everyone's gardens were all great. Everyone was all yes. cutting, the, you know, oh, and they all their little personal. I think people went on furlough and then just ended up thinking about themselves. So, you know, mm. and their little goals in life. And they're not just spending every day working for somebody else. You know, they had this time to That's everyone true. started getting creative. Yeah, and what a, an amazing distraction, do you know what I mean? To yeah. be creative oh, totally. in, a, in a really difficult time, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I think it's such a gift to be able to have something like, you know, whether it's art or music or yeah. whatever you're into, do you mm-hmm. mean, knitting or baking, just something that takes mm-hmm. you away from yeah, exactly. the world, yep. do you know what I mean? And, yep. and people that don't have that, like, I really feel no, no. for them because it's such, 
like a gift, like I say, especially yeah. in difficult times. So up until the pandemic, were you still gigging as a solo artist and doing that kind of style of music that yeah, you know I, I, I certainly knew you for? Uh huh. Yeah, literally, I was just you know trying to get gigs, um, trying to write. It was always I was always just making this guitar album that never ever ended up getting made. You know, I was always. It's funny when people would say, well, "What are you up to these days?" You know, musically, and you just say, "Well, I'm doing, I'm gigging and I'm writing and I'm working an album." You know, and you're upstairs in the room trying to do it yourself, but you, I just never ended up finishing this album. You know, so I was kind of at that. You know, I was I'm, mm-hmm. I was 37. Um, and just a little bit like, you know, I've done I've done this, I've enjoyed doing it, you know, but I'm getting yeah. a bit fed up doing it. Yeah. Um, and maybe it was, you know, this this all comes along. You can't go and gig anyway, you can't go and do all that stuff. So you gotta just try something else, you know. Yeah, because um, you had kindly done a Bro Brave live session for right. the, the, yeah. the podcast as well. So it was like uh-huh. a piano version yep. of a song that I'd heard that you'd written before it was right. in your um, yeah. album on Spotify. And I think that was the first time I was like, oh, Oh, he plays piano. This is the thing. So that was Ball and Chain. Um, and it's just simple wee chords. And I think that video you see is just, I'm just playing simple chords, you know. From those chord books, you know, I know, um, you know, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, the chords, the majors and the minors. And that's what I knew. And I just kind of stuck to guitar after that. But during that whole COVID time, there was one night I was I was going to my bed and I was just, I, I don't really sleep too great. Well, I wasn't sleeping too great, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking for a kind of way to calm myself just before I went and I sat at the piano I'd had a few drinks um but I just thought I'm going to play I'm going to try and just play something a wee bit different you know than just these chords you know yeah and um so I played this thing from like the bottom of the piano okay. <laughs> there's, there's no technical terms here no, by the way, but, no, but so I, I played like this this, this note from the from the bottom and then I ran my fingers all the way up to the note at the top you know the, the octave okay. of it and I, I kind of got there, you know, and I thought, you know, so I, I tried to kind of muck about with it, you know, and you keep doing it until eventually, you're, it's not a very relaxing thing before you're going to bed, but I was just trying to play up and down as quickly as I could, you know. Right. And um, so for a laugh, I, I recorded it as a voice note and I sent it to my friend who you know as well, but you've never met Owen Devlin, who's yes. a tremendous composer. Absolutely. And uh, a dear, dear friend. And uh, so I sent it to him, you know, for, well, listen to this. It was that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> And he sent a voice note back saying, uh, oh, listen to, listen to Beethoven here, like that, you know. So I was like, away you go. We were having this slagging each other off. So so the next night when I sat down, I was trying to get into this wee routine of just playing a wee bit of piano before going to bed. And I don't think I touched my guitar at all. It just sat, you know. I played a wee chord and then I just, I tried to just get a little melody, you know, just mm-hmm. try, I thought I'll just try and find a little melodic thing. And, I, and something came, you know, it just this wee thing appeared. And then... So then I tried to play the next part of it and I hit like horrible notes, you know. So I realised I was kind of just searching around to find yeah, the yeah. notes that would go with it, you know. And then um, like before I realised I was back at the start. There's probably a name for that, you know. I, I call it a loop. But mm. I was back at the start and I could just play into it again, you know. And I realised that was a little bit. So obviously as, as pieces of music go or songs, whatever what you want to call them, you need to go somewhere else and change it, you know. So then by the end of maybe 15 minutes, I'd had another wee thing. And I realised that connected, you know, and it was just purely through search and hitting random notes. And it's almost like like feeling a bit in the dark. Yeah, that's, it, that's exactly it. You know? like, yeah. oh, I like that, I'll have that. I don't know what it is yet, but I'll take right. it. <laughs> so by the, yeah, exactly. So by the end of that night, I had this little first wee thing, you know. And then so the next day, I was working, obviously, and I, I send it to myself after I do it. So I, I had it in headphones and I was listening mm-hmm. to it. And I thought, that's a little piece of music, you know. And that night, I recorded it. But I wanted to try and play it kind of from start to finish without jumping in and changing stuff, you know. And yeah. So it took 
like many, many takes to get that wee thing done. And then it, that was it. You know, and I put it to say, and I kept listening back to it. And then I thought, I'll try it again. And I tried it the next night and the same wee thing happened. You know, and, and these wee ideas just came out of nowhere. Um, so I, I think by the second one, I had this little bit of, you know, I should try and do something with this, make a little album out of it. And so that's what I did. Eventually, I have this little album called Home, which is on Spotify and all streaming channels, except Apple Music. So that's, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but... Do it, um, go there. I sent, I sent the album, you, you use a distribution company to get it to the stores online, you know, mm-hmm. and they came back and said, no, they've rejected it. And they wouldn't tell me why, you know, it's just a piano album, you know. And eventually I found out that iTunes had rejected it because it was classical music. And I was like, you know, See, what? Classical. <laughs> what to, to me, it's a, wee, it's a wee piano album, you know, but they rejected it because of that. So they, they've got classical music on there, but they don't accept it through these distribution companies, you know. Uh, right. So, so yeah, so th- this album has just appeared and it's, it's purely out of just trying to do something for a laugh, you know, and realising yeah. that my left hand and my right hand could do what they did, you know, on, they can do what they want on their own, you know, that's that's the weirdest thing about it. So you've used the word we a couple of times <laughs> and you've said just having a laugh and having listened to this album, it's definitely no we and it's there's nothing funny about it. It's Thank you. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. It's really beautiful. Um, Waiting for You has the power to literally bring tears. Thank you. Well, that was the second song I'm talking about. That was the one that it was just a wee. I keep saying we, but it, to me these are just wee things. I was going to call it at one point. Just, like if that's how you like if that's I, you putting a bit in the dark. Yeah, well, they, you know. But I was going to at one point. I was going to call the album just thirteen wee things because to me that's what they were just wee pieces of music. You know. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was classical or whatever it was, but anyway, this um, waiting for you was the second piece of music. It's weird not calling them songs because if if you write songs and you sing, it's a song, you know. But now it's all pieces of music. Um, the waiting for you is uh, so that just came out of nowhere. And that was the one that made me think, well, I should just try and do 10. And this is, this is the weirdest thing. It's been added to a playlist on Spotify. You could, you submit so your music. Yeah, you submit it yourself, you know. But it's like, it's been added to this playlist, which has got some people that I listen to every day on it, you know. My uh, my streams are just going up on this one wee thing, you know. The rest, I keep saying wee. The yeah. rest of them, the rest of them are very wee because their streams are like 20 or whatever. <laughs> um, that's people saying, oh, they've listened. I like it. You know, you know they've kind of not, but, you know. But through that, that's going to take people to the full album, clearly. Do you know what I mean? People are going to start listening to that and go, I need to oh, hear more. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I go out and I walk every single night, you know, and that's a, that's the thing of COVID. I think a lot of people do it, you know. Yes. But um, <laughs> So I go every single night and I've always got music on, you know, and I listen to these uh, piano playlists and that was one of the ones I listened to. But I don't, I have never found, you know, there's, there's been a few of them that I'll add to my own playlist. But I don't then go and search them out and, and go mm-hmm. on Instagram and try, okay. you know, but maybe I I really should, but you kind of wonder if other people do that, you know, if they go and yeah, I've got a I've got a playlist with just loads of individual songs on them, and I really should go and add the album to it and all that stuff. But I guess totally. maybe out of a full album, people maybe love four or five or whatever. No one likes the whole thing, you know. So of course, yeah, yeah, totally. But, um, but I think it's got such a, like a like a cinematic quality to it. Like, so don't take this the wrong way. As soon as I heard it, I felt like I knew it. No, I don't. Not at all. Not that it. Uh-huh. Not yeah. that it sounds like anything else. I can't. I'm not saying like, oh, it sounds like that. Uh-huh. Uh, what I mean is like it was familiar the way uh-huh. it's structured. Yeah. And it's not something I've listened to a lot recently. Actually, piano music. Right. I've not. So it was like, su- like I was really, really surprised. Uh-huh. You were like, I'm bringing this album. I was like, what? what? <laughs> and then when I listened to it, I was like, oh, I forgot how much I love just uh-huh. a piano. Yeah, just, just a piano. That's yeah. it. Just mm-hmm. stripped back, really, really yep. simple. 
it's literally all I listen to now. You know, I used to always listen uh-huh. to bands, and I don't now at all. You know, it's always God. just piano music and atmospheric music. Um, and but how you're saying, like, it maybe sounded familiar. I when I when I was writing these little things, the, to me they felt like I'd maybe taken them from somewhere. I don't, I don't, you know, I had this feeling of I must be ripping some because these are just so simple. Like, you know, I must be ripping somebody off. But and that's and when they came back at first, then they said, you know, your album's rejected. I thought, hold on a sec. Yeah, I didn't oh, know. Maybe, it? yeah, you don't know, you know. But it was just the fact that it was classical. Um, but they, so to me, they seem familiar. And I, I did, you know, and I wrote them, you know. So I, I don't know. It's a strange one. So obviously, you know? it's all the influences that, you, yeah. like the subconscious influences as well. They'll just be things that you've arrived at that uh-huh. you think are totally random, but yeah. there'll be something that's just sparked. Your imagination. Absolutely. I wonder, like thinking about the songs that uh-huh. you were writing before, mm-hmm. and and then to write this. And I know, obviously, it was a different process because you were finding your way uh-huh. on the piano as well. But how does how how is the processes similar and how are they different? I mean, I don't miss writing lyrics, you know, okay. because I would always I would always get a verse and a chorus straight away, and then never get a second verse. It was you know it's right. a running joke. I mean, some people you know that like you just I never wrote a second verse, you know, and the second verse was never as good as the first. So I don't I don't miss that. So I had a lot of like unfinished guitar songs on my phone and, and the audio um, recorder, you know, just always verses mm. and chorus, verses and chorus. And then on Instagram, I had all these one minute videos of verses and choruses, you know. Yeah. Um, and but so those wee ideas in the guitar were coming out like, every night as well, but. Everybody listens to people they admire the most, you know, even people that are artists, so they'll go and they'll stare at their heroes' paintings, you know. And so I would listen to people, um, singer songwriters, and then I just you'd always think this, I just wish I could write like them. It was it wouldn't it never felt like, you know, I was I was doing that, you know. Mm. I don't miss that kind of feeling. It just felt like and also, you know, because the reason you've got me on here as Alan Jeffrey, but obviously when we when I did that gig, it was Billy Jeffrey Jr. Yes, you um, really confused me. I know, I've had too many names. At one point I was called the Featherman, which was ridiculous, but anyway. Oh, um, not, that was one I did not know. <laughs> this guy introduced me on stage one night as the Featherman, and it sounded like a juggler, you know, so I thought I've got to get a better name. And the reason, because Alan Jeffrey, there was somebody that I, I admired in the music industry in Glasgow who okay. said, look, that name's... You need to have a bit something a bit more snappy, you know. This guy wasn't snappy himself, but he wanted me to have something a bit more snappy, you know. So I changed it to Billy Jeffrey Jr., you know, and it was a wee tip of the hat to my old man and stuff. But I just don't, I just don't miss, you know, at, at thirty-seven and, and trying to do these gigs, and there comes a point you're just like, and music should never be about age. But for me yeah. personally, just going up and, and trying to sell tickets to all your pals and, and still doing these gigs, I just get a bit tired of it. And just, I wanted a change, you know? Hmm. And then when, when this little album appeared out of nowhere, um, I just thought I'm just going to be myself, you know? And there's no ridiculousness to it. You know, I think people try to look like a certain way and and follow all these rules, but really what it comes down to is the music. So I just wanted to just do this album and just be myself. The music that you write should be for you. And then if other people enjoy it, that's great. But it must be so much pressure as a musician, like you're saying, to feel like oh, I've not quite nailed it. Like that's that's my hit, or or the, that first album was the best. And you know, so for you that making this transition, it, it is a transition. It's not like I'm now I'm not ditching my old life. It's just like this was just a natural progression that you would find yourself on the piano and, uh-huh. and not and not singing. And I know I haven't even said this, but. Like you have such a distinctive voice. Oh, thank you. Like right away, you would recognise. Oh, that's you singing. That's uh-huh. your voice. Uh-huh. 
did you at first when you were on the piano think oh, I might end up putting lyrics to this? Or no, I, I do have a song which is a piano song, and it, okay. that was kind of similar to this album, you know, the melodic right. um, piano stuff. But and there's I've got a whole vocal and uh, vocal and words for it. But see, when I tried to record it myself, I couldn't do it justice. You know, I'm not great at you know recording voice and and instruments. You know, and and trying to do it all yourself is a is a tough task for anyone that's even really good at it. But I just um. I'll still sing again at some point, I think, you know, but I just, yeah. this is the thing, I don't even, I just listen to piano stuff. And that's only from that video that I did for you, because it was just chords, you know, and I'm, I'm struggling mm. even with that. It's just a new world, I'm loving it, you know. That is so um, cool, but the fact, like, you know, it's one thing to to write these songs uh, and play them for yourself, but then to make the decision and, and be able to record, I mean, so you recorded that album yourself? Oh, yeah. At home? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wow. but, the, but the, now, I mean, even when I write them, you know, I'll go upstairs and I'll just hit record at the minute I sit down now, you know, and I'll record the process of me just playing rubbish, you know, until I find a little thing. Mm. And then by the end of that, I'll have I'll have an idea, maybe it'll be 20 minutes, you know, and I'll copy the wee idea and I'll email it to myself. So the next day when I'm out of walk, I'll listen to that wee snippet of the 20 minutes, you know. But so now I'm getting like three, four ideas a night in like half an hour, you know, they're just coming through mm-hmm. searching in the dark that's the way you, you described it and it feels that it totally feels like that you know um but it's easier for me to record that than to try mm-hmm. and set up mics you know and and do a vocal and just you know you need somebody else doing that for you so i find it easier to hit record and, and record piano and all those songs were kind they're all takes from start to finish so some of them were like maybe over 100 takes to get one of the ones that you know drove me insane Literally, yep. you know, because you just want it to sound the way you want it to sound, you know, and I'm happy with it, you know, I get, I get pretty close to that. Thank you. But it's that exploration of it, do you know what I mean? And you've uh-huh. got all those sound bites, it, like, to look back in the, even yeah. in a year's time, if you listen to all that, you're like, gosh. I mean, yeah, they're all on my phone under, you know, writing 29th of September 2021. I mean, it's always at night, you know, yes. um, but I log them all now and I've got that, you know, there are a lot of them are like 40 minutes and I like listening back to it. I'm a saddle, you know, yeah. but I like listening back oh. to that, you know. In terms of the the titles of mm-hmm. the pieces of music then, is that you then listening back and going, what am I going to call this? Uh-huh. Or do you, as you're doing it, think this is reminding me of this person or that situation or I can see something? The the first track, Morning Through Tonight, it starts off very low. Low in the piano. That was me getting technical again, you know, but it ends very high, you know, and it's mm-hmm. to me it was like, you know, morning's hustle bustle and eventually it's all the wee stars, you know, and so it's Morning Through Tonight. So that was one of the ones that, that the name came. Um, the last song is for my mother, and and um, I wrote that. And as I was writing that, I was thinking it's my favourite one off the album, you know. But as I was writing that, I was thinking, I was just thinking about her, you know, because my mm-hmm. mum's terribly unwell, you know. And um, but that's that's been going on since since throughout COVID. So all that was maybe just coming out. But I thought I've got I've got to name my favourite one after her, you know, or for mm-hmm. her. So that so that name came. Um, Two Golden Hearts is about some a couple of people that are really special uh, in my life that have helped me a lot. And then the rest of the names, like Ballroom, um, it's, to me it sounded like a Strictly Come Dancing. Yes. I, I was Googling types of dances. Uh-huh. And I worked out that the one I was thinking of was a Viennese waltz, you know. So yes. I thought I can't call it Viennese waltz. I can't call it Strictly Come Dancing. You know, mm-hmm. you can't call it, so I called it Ballroom, you know. So little names like that. Kite in a Storm um, just, you know, goes a little bit crazy. So I thought I just pictured this kite in a storm. So and then I literally did the names of most of them on the night I uploaded the album. 
I was struggling with that. And again, not, mm. not to name check my dear friend Owen Devlin, who told me to talk nonstop about him on this tonight. Um, <laughs> but he, he's all, he's got a little notepad and he's always writing names down. And stuff. He's great at, at, at doing stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, and I, I should talk some more about him, I guess, but he's great at doing, <laughs> uh, you know, creating these massive soundscapes and using all these mm-hmm. different instruments, which is something I know I could never do. But the reason why I'm mentioning him is because he's always writing down names, great names, you know. Okay. So he's really into that. But I, I tried to do it quickly and I'm happy with him, you know. Great. But, I like that. I think, like, you know, some processes and some people's creative kind of endeavours, like, have this convoluted, yeah. like, really well thought out, planned, uh-huh. like, strategic yeah. kind of approach. That's great. Uh-huh. But also, it's lovely to hear that somebody just goes, ah, it was just footing about in a exactly. And yeah. I literally just thought that. It starts really low on the piano uh-huh. and then it goes really high. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we want. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's uh-huh. great. Yeah. There, there's no right or wrong way. No. And I think whatever gets you to the end product that you're happy with and yeah. you feel fulfilled by the process, like, exactly. great. Yeah. Doesn't matter what the process was. Uh-huh. And I, I think know. for a lot of people, that's quite, it may be quite scary if you know, if you haven't went down the traditional route of getting, say, piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. can I make an album? Yes, you can. Of course you can. You don't yeah. have to have went to. Uh-huh. Lessons your whole life to, to make a piano album, clearly. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. That's why I like doing this podcast because just hearing different people's points of view and their stories, it's like yeah. if someone's listening to this and goes, Do you know what? That's, yeah. that's absolutely brilliant. He did that. I'm going to give that a bash. Yeah, it's absolutely about trying new things because th- this was never a. I mean, mom was, she was in hospital for a while just before COVID, you know? Okay. And outside they had a piano. Then somebody would sit next to you, you know, and I'd, I'd be playing my wee chords and stuff. I was always fascinated by the piano. You know, I must have been when I was wanting to play it when I was 10, you know. Mm-hmm. But you'll see people that are just so technically amazing. But even just sitting down and just playing two notes on the piano and just sometimes that can just floor you. You know, I love that the, the, some of the music I love is the saddest you could possibly ever listen to on a piano, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just think not everything has to be so technical, you know. Yeah. And that goes back to the teaching, you know, because obviously that teacher put me off piano. I, I taught kids guitar later on down the line and I was very upfront with the parents I said I don't teach them to read music but I'll get them to play and I'll get them to write yeah. and they were all writing wee songs about their girlfriends and then two weeks later they were all splitting up and the, the songs were becoming <laughs> nasty you know yeah the songs were becoming <laughs> nasty you know um, but, but this is it you, there, were, there was fun lessons you know yeah. and I don't know if, if they've actually gone on to write their own songs now or whatever you know but they would have a better chance of doing it if, if the person teaching them is just helping them be creative as opposed yeah, to everyone learns differently. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Some people love the structure and need yeah. to know how to read music, yeah. and that's great. But <laughs> equally, like you say, yeah. if it's a gateway into it, like, Leslie, we're just going to strum this, and you're just yeah, going to exactly, yeah, yeah. And, yeah uh-huh. and then we'll move to this other shape, and we might not even call it a chord. It's a bit like Phoebe and Friends, and it was just doing the claw. Exactly, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, exactly, what yeah, you yeah. call it? Just, yeah. You're making music, you're making uh-huh. a sound, yeah. you're being creative. Like, it's that's so important exactly, yeah. just to put that out. Like, you don't need permission, you don't need to have all the accolades to give things a go, just mm-hmm. get a go. Like, everybody yeah. started somewhere. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the files of me, you know, the writing ones, the 40-minute ones, people would, I mean, they would just think, that, that person can't play the piano, you know, there's just there's just all bum notes and, you know, but it's just finding something in amongst it and then just, mm. you know, and it's totally about trying new things. You were talking about names, the album was going to be called Forever, but my friend Stuart Bradley, who did the artwork for it, or he put the, the text over it, um, he said it looks like a, a, a Calvin Klein advert, it looks like a, an aftershave advert, you know. So then, I, so then I had a like a day to think of a name, and then um, I was reading a book, and in the book there was a little thing that said "Home of Rest." I don't know what it was, you know, it's a chapter I've not read yet, but I just thought "Home," you know, and it, 
So it's literally just, oh, that'll do, you know? It doesn't look like an aftersave <laughs> advert, you know? Because again, it is just the music, you know, when you're out right. your wee walk and you're listening to something. It's about that moment. I know I'm getting a wee bit dramatic there, but it's not no, about all the, No, no, it's know... not dramatic. But it's interesting to wonder if... So see the see the playlist that you've got that you listen to every night. Do you know the names of the songs? No. So I, I, I'll, I'll listen to them and I'll put them into my, my own playlist and then mm. I'll stick it on at night later on, you know, but I don't... I don't know the names. And that's terrible, you know, because, you know, I, I'm trying to do it myself. You know, I'd want somebody to know my name so they, 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 that they maybe search the album and listen to the rest of it. And here's me not. But I think you just, there's so many songs on it. You're just out of walk and you're just listening yeah. to it. It's, it's on every day. You know, that was a, like, throughout the whole COVID thing. I mean, I live alone with uh, two cats. You know, I'm turning into one of these. I knew the cats I gave them extra dreamies so they'd sleep and not be up here um, <laughs> but I just had I had music on all the time you know if I uh-huh. wake up in the morning I was working from home I'd have the radio on and then at night time I'd have music on and then before I go to sleep I'd have music on and it's just you know even the radio it's just like I don't want to sound you feel like there's life out there when we were all locked down it was just like everyone was talking everyone was doing these these um, these things online I was going to say wee things again but just um, <laughs> but having music on all the time and piano playlists and stuff was everything to me it still is you know I just listen to it forever you know yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, I think it's got like such a like almost like a power to like take you off somewhere yeah, else in your absolutely. head especially in like difficult times as well do you know what I mean yeah. like it, it can be so emotive but it also can just like it's a bit of escapism. Yeah. You know, you can be imagining anything. It doesn't really matter necessarily. Like, you can look at the name of the song, but you can uh-huh. imagine something that's totally different yeah. to that. But it's, uh-huh. it's yours to imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Guess, like, it's the same with any song. Like, you're listening to the words and you interpret yeah. what it's Make really it about. Uh-huh. But really, that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. it's what you were feeling or what you were finding, what you were gravitating towards when you made it. And, like, mm-hmm. as long as you're happy with it, uh-huh. I think that's the main thing. Do you know what exactly. I mean? And other, yeah. It's lovely when other people then put it on their mm, Spotify playlist and like, oh, right, great, yeah, great. You enjoyed it. It's like this podcast, like, if nobody ever listened to this, I'd still do it because I really enjoyed the actual process of doing it, the chat. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's just nice that other people listen to it. Yeah. And I think it's just doing it for yourself is really important and not overthinking, like, is this going to be received well? Are people going to like that? Yeah. That sounds good enough? Like, all that chat. Yeah. And Absolutely. I understand why, but I think it's just like going back to like, why are you doing this in the first place? Because you like it. Exactly. Yeah, you're doing it for great. yourself. I mean, I know it's early days, because you've literally just released it. Mm-hmm. But have you considered like doing it live, like playing it live? Like you would gig this? I mean, I, so what I use is a is a like a weighted key, fully weighted key digital piano, you know, and I've got my sustain pedal. Um I've never actually I mean I, since uh, since those years ago I, I've not sat down at an actual piano. Obviously if you were going to do it live you would just take your stage gear, but I just I'll get there with it. I don't know. I, I could play yeah, if sure. someone asked me to play them just now I could play them, you know, but if you mm. want to do them live you'd want to do them bang on you know yeah, be, yeah of course i don't want to be hitting those bum notes and stuff you know but i'd love to do something <laughs> like, hold like on i'll get it i'll get it i know i'll, I'll find it eventually you know <laughs> put the light on please um but i know i'd love to do something like that you know yeah it's just so i just wondered because you're so used to actually performing live do you know I mean yeah. you had all those years of performing like mm-hmm. i wondered if that feels like that's something you want to take it or you're like no this is this lives on the internet <laughs> i don't this yeah well you know I, I don't miss it at all I just really? I like I like making music and and if it ends up in people's ears then that's great and if mm-hmm. someone wanted to let's see it live then I'd love to do it but it's not I wouldn't say I'm aiming for that I'm just you know yeah, I've already yeah. got like I've got enough ideas now for maybe two more albums um, and this is it so they're all they're all waiting to go you know and I just um, so I'd record them at night that's what I do you know and 
So I'll, I'm two songs into that process of the second one. Um, and I might do it an EP, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I just want to keep doing them, putting them on the streaming sense. sites and, and see what happens, you know. And if they go on to playlists and, you know, because I look at it, I look at the stats and the app on the phone and it just says like two people listening right now. And then you look at it later on, there's four people listening right now. And it's like, that to me is brilliant. And that that's a total achievement as far as you've I've created that and people are listening to it other where you know elsewhere in the world is that that's enough for me. You just think of all the situations that people would be listening to that, like they might be on their nightly walk with the headphones yeah, on, exactly, or yeah, they exactly. might. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they might be with a loved one. Like you, yep. it's really special to think like your music comes into somebody's life and it means something to them, just uh-huh. like that playlist that you listen to every night. Yeah, exactly. It's lovely to speak to you at this point because there's been such a transition since we spoke about first doing the podcast and then we That's didn't right. so yeah. it feels like this is the right time because it's uh-huh. been like a quite a pivotal yeah. shift for you this kind of feels like this is what I was meant to be doing you know and I just That's I just right. wished oh sorry I wish sorry that you know I, I discovered this before the age of 37 38 you know because I you know I'd never tried though this is it you know I'd never actually tried to play melodic piano you know and I wish I'd done it sooner you know but i enjoyed doing the gigs with the guitars and the singer songwriter stuff you know but hmm. i'm enjoying this you know and that's, great. yeah great and it's like that kind of idea of like i mean 37 is very young as somebody who's older than 37 but <laughs> yeah, <totally laughs> it's, cool. like, it's like literally thank you i'll pay you a fiver later um but um yeah like almost like that is never too late and that's why i'm saying no, i was, was kind of like preempting that with you're not old like as if 37 was ancient like but you should continually learn. You should continually like uh-huh. come out your comfort zone, try yeah. things that you're like, oh uh-huh. well, I've been yeah. doing this thing forever, so I'm not going to even go there. Like the yeah. fact that you were just like, and maybe it was the pandemic or what, you know, uh-huh. like you were saying earlier on, people have maybe gravitated to stuff that they were like, I've always wanted mm-hmm. to. Yeah, this is the time, but it just shows you what happens when you do that. Yeah, when you foot about in the dark and try and <laughs> find something. <laughs> exactly, I know it's great for the soul. It's I tell so you, it really is because you end up you end up quite happy that you've created something that it's really just you the billy jeffrey jr thing and you know just you i don't know you end up just trying to be something else that's not you you know and you get that with a lot of bands a lot of bands are like that and i get the bands one of the cats has turned up i get the um the the bands have to have this thing about them that gets them spotted and signed and all that stuff but at the end it is all just about the music yeah but like you're saying that i totally agree in the sense that it must be really difficult for bands and stuff not to any artist really oh. not to compare yeah. yourself to other people and I know, other I know. people's success yeah. and go oh what are they doing it's, it's like the whole instagram thing like oh what, what are they up to over there yeah, type thing. Not, it must be really yeah. hard just to stay on your your yeah. train and just uh-huh. be okay be like i'm all right with what i'm doing i yeah. don't really need to watch yeah. MD else exactly but it's I funny just... how something that's really quite new to you mm-hmm. feels really like i'm happy with that and yeah. i'm upset and i don't need to look at MD else exactly yeah, that just feels like that's what I was meant to be doing, you know, just for myself. I mean, again, that's the only reason why I've done this is really hmm. for myself and to see if I could and, and stuff like that. So but it just it just feels like me. And um, did you send your music to anybody before putting out to get the... Uh, no, I didn't, no. I mean, no. Stuart that did uh, the, the artwork, yeah, I mean, he was always interested in hearing some things. I sent him a couple of little tracks and... But no, I just wanted it to go out as a wee thing. A wee thing, you know. <laughs> to me, it's just that, you know. It's just, you know, that's why when they came back and said it's classical music, you know, I just, I know maybe that. So I do, listening back to it now, I do hear that there are some classical sounding pieces on that and there are mm-hmm. some more kind of simple movie-esque pieces on it. So I should have maybe 
on two different things. And even when I do write them now, um, there are some of them that are really, I mean, there are some that are quite funny, but I feel as though I need to do them justice by making them, you know, because they're yeah. so classical, you know, and I, and they're laddie da, you know, and it's, <laughs> that's really what, you know, so I can't put them on this. You know, so that's why I was thinking of doing EPs because I've got, got you. ones that sound like TV or movie or whatever. And yeah. the rest are all kind of classical wee things. So, they should be called classical wee things, you yes, know, and do a wee EP I. like that, you know. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I just, you know, I'm looking forward to doing them and getting them finished. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. No, I really uh, I apologize for making it happen and Thank just you. like trusting your gut and going with it. And you've made yep. something that's really, really beautiful. And yeah, like I'm just excited to hear more for sure. Thank you. Nice one. Thank you very much. But as you know, um, I do a thing on the podcast just to get to know my guests a wee bit more. I've actually started picking these at random. They're called the Hangamajigs for the MD that's listening to the podcast for the okay. first time. And these are very random. But I used to select them um, in advance. But now I'm just like, I'm just going to pick them in the moment. <laughs> I'm just going to go with what I think. Um, so I'm interested to know, what is your go-to movie if you need cheering up? I, the Departed is my right. one of my favourite movies. Not a che- it's not a cheery one, you know. Yeah, um, I, was going to say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> cheering up, um, Step Brothers, Will Ferrell. Anything oh, with Will Ferrell, and I just think he's a he's a good <laughs> heart. You know, he's a funny good heart. I like him. So totally. Step Brothers, good choices, good Thank choices. Um, would you call it a house coat or a dressing gown? Dressing gown, absolutely a dressing gown. House coat. I don't know if you know what you think, but house coats. This is a bit weird. Is it? Oh God! <laughs> Are you a house coat person? Div- Aye. Oh really? But other people have said to me that that sounds fancy, and I'm like, no, a house coat isn't it? I fancy? think that does sound fancy. So I'm saying dressing gown as in dressing gown, but it's maybe a dressing gown as fancy. Maybe yeah, to me, but house coat. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's Wait, a dressing so gown. Where, where you were brought up in Glasgow, yeah? Oh uh-huh, yeah. So maybe it's like a Glasgow North Lanarkshire thing. Maybe it is then. Yeah, yeah. Maybe dressing gown. I'm gonna go with dressing gown. Final answer. <laughs> Um, I have always wanted to paint a wonderful portrait. You know, I know that sounds lardy da, but I've always wanted to paint. You know, and right. it was the worst Christmas when I was a kid because I asked for um, paints and an easel. You know, so my dad went out and got my mom and dad went out and got me paints and an easel, and then I spent Christmas morning trying to paint the fireplace, and I couldn't do it, and I was just greeting. You know, it was like Aww. it was the worst Christmas. You know. Um, so I've always wished I could paint you know I'd love that and do you ba- dabble at all in like drawing or I painting? did I've, I have tried you know I've got stuff for it um, and I try for maybe an afternoon and mm-hmm. um, and uh, <laughs> there's Molly yes! you know? <laughs> she's not oh, happy <laughs> everybody on the podcast is gutted that they cannot they can't see. see this little cheeky face but my hero <laughs> one of my heroes is Peter Housen you know it's like yes. I love and there's a great documentary on him so on iPlayer, yeah. Yes. I, I must have watched that. Fascinating. Twenty times. I, the whole time I was just like, "Why are you painting over that?" Yeah, I know. It's just know. painting over bits, and you're like, "That's yeah. an actual masterpiece." And you're yeah, painting over exactly. It. I know. So I've always wanted to be able to do that, you know. And I, I watched those documentaries with just, and then the next day I'll go and get paints. I think, well, maybe now I can do it, you know, try new things. But I never am able to. So to answer your question, I've always wished I could paint a lovely portrait or a landscape, mm. you know. Um. Okay. I did ask this of a, another composer before, so I'm going to ask you. So build the the greatest band of all time, so you can have a singer, guitarist, drummer, and bassist. Okay. Singer would be Freddie Mercury. Yes. A guitarist, 
Stevie Ray Vaughan, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, drummer, I'd say Ringo for drums. Yes. You know? um, but Ringo and drums, I love the way, you know, every single fill was different, things like that, you know. Mm. Um, I'd have to say McCartney on bass. That would be, yeah. And then I missed out the all important keys. Who would be on keys? Oh, keys. Um, or Beethoven, just for a laugh. Yes. <laughs> you know, he, I think that would be pretty crazy, you know. That would be, I'm sure, like, Freddie would definitely, they would, like, go on a like, house and fire. That'd oh, be, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be going out for cocktails, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and the question, so I mix up all of these, but the last question that I ask everyone, because it's called the Bro and the Brave, is what is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Walloper. Is my favourite Scottish. He's a walloper. I love Andy that. You said that. I think you're the first person really? to do that. Oh, come on. I, I think yeah. <laughs> I don't remember Andy saying that. Walloper's my favourite word. Yeah. Somebody said, oh, about the word glaikit and how uh-huh. like it just, yeah. there's no other words. Yeah. Like, you just, to summarise. You, <laughs> you can't even describe it. You're just like, I don't know. Like it. <laughs> you just totally know yeah. what it is, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I think equally your choice of words is one of those ones as well. You're like, yeah, yeah I know what yeah. you're talking about. I know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. Aunt Billy Jeffrey Jr., he's a wallopper. <laughs> Alan Jeffrey's all right, you know. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great guy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Alan, this has been an absolute joy. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. No, I've loved it, Lisa. Thank you very much. We've actually met. I know. Albeit, I know. Albeit virtually. Albeit on camera. But yes, no, we'll, we'll chat again. I'd love to chat again. You're more than more than welcome to return Thanks to the, Brown, the Brave once you do your next album. Thank you. But I much. implore anybody listening to this podcast to literally switch off this podcast and go and listen to Home. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.